welcome to the Really Random Movie Reviews Podcast. Real people, real takes. I'm Danielle. And I'm Ben. In this show, we have an online movie generator choose a film for us to watch. It could be from any genre and any decade, as long as it's easily accessible for us. After viewing the movie, we sit here and discuss it at length. This week, we are talking about The Fountain. What will we think? Well, grab some popcorn, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright, so we are talking about The Fountain. It is from 2006. It was directed by Darren Aronofsky, and it stars Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weiss. And this movie is about, it's really, like, what is it about for most of the movie, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's basically about Hugh Jackman's character, Tommy, is struggling with his wife. His wife, Rachel Weiss, has a terminal illness, cancer, and basically is trying to find some sort of cure. That's the bare bones gist of this movie, right? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So, Ben, had you heard of this movie? Had you anything? Hadn't heard of it at all. But you know of Hugh Jackman, obviously. Well, yeah. He's Wolverine. Yeah? Wolverine? <laughs> Deadpool? Oh. Whose balls did I have to fondle? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, did you have any idea what to expect? The only thing I was expecting was a lot of religious symbology and references, I guess. Yeah, so this movie, it's called The Fountain, and Hugh Jackman's character's whole struggle with the idea of mortality and that his wife is going to die. The Fountain is the Fountain of Youth. Yep. That comes from the Tree of Life, so there's a lot of biblical... There are a lot of biblical references. Yes, there are. It starts with a Bible quote, too. Yep. But anyway, we'll get to that in a bit, but... um. I had heard of this movie, and I'm familiar with the two leads. I'm familiar with Darren Aronofsky. He did Black Swan. Okay. And he did um, he had Mother. It came out with Jennifer Lawrence. It's, it's also a lot of uh, religious symbology in that one as well. But he also did Requiem for a Dream, which is also very trippy. That's with Jared Leto. All right then. But yeah, um, I had I didn't really know what to expect. I knew, like, I'm familiar with some of the cast and crew, but yeah, I didn't know really what to expect other than like, oh, it's about the fountain of youth somehow. Yeah. What were your overall thoughts on this movie? Once you figured out how all the storylines connected, I thought it was really good. <laughs> it's just getting to that point where you're like, what is going on? Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, I liked it. It's a little I don't know how to describe it. It's it's just weird and trippy and I don't know. Uh, and at the end like when it all comes together it's like okay, but it also does it in a really weird way. And my my dad, we we're at my dad's house watching it and he looked at me watching it. He's like so I guess this is a no then. <laughs> He's like, this is gonna be a short review, and I'm like, I I don't know. 
you know, basically like the look on your face looks like you are not enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah, even though it, it looked more like confusion to me. It was, it was confusion. It was more like just a what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And why? <laughs> yeah. That that was my thought process, but yeah, I don't know. I I liked the cinematography, and I liked I liked the acting. The acting was really good, and the chemistry between Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz is really good. Yeah, and it's something that's really needed because the whole movie is around the whole movie surrounds their relationship as husband and wife, and they nailed that. Yeah, which I was looking on trivia and. Hugh Jackman recommended Rachel Weiss for the role that for the role of Izzy. All right then. But Darren Aronofsky was in a relationship with her at the time and didn't want to play favorites. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I guess eventually he did bring her on cuz Hugh Jackman was like she would be great for this. Yeah. And you you don't really disagree with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially because at the time he's coming off of the success from Wolverine. Yeah, because it's two thousand six, and X Men was like two thousand. Yep, something like that. And X Two was two thousand two, two thousand three. So let's get into this. Um, what was something that stood out to you in this? Well, first thing that kind of hit me in my uh, core memories was Genesis 324 being shown on, like, the first scene, right? Yeah, and the title, the opening sequence, basically, with all the the opening credits, I should say. Which, the wording varies based on which version of the Bible you have, but it's the verse where Adam and Eve are getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And in the particular version they chose to use for the film, it's the one where they... God places a fire sword to protect the Garden of Eden. And that's also the one I grew up with. So, And then in the opening scene where we actually see the actors, where we see stuff going on, it's a conquistador going through a Mayan, Mayan? Mm-hmm. temple. And at the end, there's a guy with a fire sword. It's like, oh! Okay. Yeah, it kind of plays with, and this is something I really noticed from this movie, was how they kind of mesh Christianity and and Christian beliefs with pagan, quote unquote, pagan Mayan beliefs. Yeah. And where they had very polytheistic, more like, I mean, it wasn't written. It wasn't really written down to the extent that obviously the Bible was. Mm-hmm. And we know it from more of like... An oral tradition. An oral tradition and more like um, cave carvings. Yeah. Or... Or wall carvings. Yeah. I was going to say Aztec or Mayan slash Aztec glyphs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting meshing those two, especially because knowing what happened to some of those people yeah but i don't know it's an interesting concept um meshing those two religions and those belief systems and one thing i noticed which is kind of a little off topic here but um the movie kind of has different like time periods 
And Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz are in all the time periods that we see in the movie. And there are instances from the past, like when they show the conquistadors and going through the Mayan temple and getting to the tree of life. It's very dark. Like, it's very hard to see in some of it, especially in the beginning. Yeah. But the color palette is the same throughout all the time periods. Yeah. So it's the same kind of black, warm brown, warm, like, gold and bronze kind of coloring. Mm -hmm. And very, very dark in color. Like, there aren't really any bright colors. It's very muted. The brightest color is probably the muted gold and brass. Yeah. Tones. But there is one scene where it's, like, super bright, but I think that was kind of the point. Yeah. And, like, the contrast. Yeah. But yeah, the color palette, like, everything remains the same color palette throughout the entire movie, which I really appreciate because it shows these same characters mm-hmm. and it draws that similarity. Yes. It shows the connections between them and shows that these are basically the same people, but showing them in different lights throughout different things because throughout it's kind of different mediums that we see them, but it's in the same vein. Yes. Totally agree. So continuing that theme of connecting the characters through the use of of the filmography, there is also a lot of symmetry between the characters of the different timelines. Like for the conquistador Tomas and Queen Isabella, Tommy and Izzy, and then Tommy's quest to find a cure for whatever Izzy's disease was cancer cancer it was a brain tumor so tommy's quest to find a cure for tumor slash cancer leads him to find a compound from this particular tree and tomas is on a quest to just save spain as a whole from a from an inquisition shocking so they have a similar goal they just have different well i guess you could consider the inquisition a cancer yeah i guess you could so i same goals same basic primal driving force Mm -hmm. just wanting to not die and chasing that immortality Mm -hmm. in some way yep yeah it's kind of interesting with going back to the whole mayan and christian thing like izzy is writing a book about the tree of life mm-hmm. and she's doing a lot of research and saw like she did a lot of mayan research and basically they there's a point in the movie when she's looking through a telescope at a nebula mm-hmm. and the nebula it's a dying nebula or the nebula contains a dying star so the nebula is surrounding a dying star okay yeah So the nebula is surrounding a dying star, and this kind of formation in Mayan tradition is believed to be their underworld, or like where they go when they die. Yeah. And, at least in the movie, I don't know if that's actually... I'm not... We're not well-versed in Mayan... um, I meant to look that up, but... Yeah. (laughs) Feel free to fact check us, but um, I haven't done research on this either. So 
it could be what they thought. It could be other things. I have no idea. Um, this is a movie, so you never know. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically like showing that this is kind of their underworld. But also, when they get into that kind of nebula, which when we see the Tree of Life, it's kind of surrounded by a nebula. And so there's kind of that, there's that tie into Christianity or mm -hmm. the fountain of youth and the tree of life it's surrounded it's you know in the garden of eden but here it's in the nebula of the dying star so it's like this christian thing the garden of eden is in a mayan tradition of being in a nebula yeah it's kind of weird <laughs> yep but like you said this is kind of a weird movie yeah it's it's a weird it's hard to describe some of this and like yeah. hopefully it's not totally confusing <laughs> continuing on with this whole theme of the nebula and garden of eden kind of being tied into the same thing like i mentioned before there's a scene involving the spanish queen queen isabella when we see her she is bathed in a golden light much like what you call it like a trellis kind of thing that the shapes kind of make it look like a nebula yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I don't want to call it a cage or like a... I don't know what it's called, but anyway. She's being bathed in this golden light, which is almost the same color gold as the nebula. Mm-hmm. And this thought just occurred to me, so... Yeah, yeah. I I noticed the gold, but I didn't notice like how the forma formation kind of looked like that. And, of course, she sends Tomas on this mission to go to that nebula, basically. Yep. And speaking of, like, there are lots of effects in this movie to kind of get that ethereal look. Mm. And it's interesting because it kind of, it looks so weird because it's, like, a different kind of effect that, like, I have never seen something like that, I think. But I was looking at the trivia, and Darren Aronofsky, he didn't want to use CGI. He wanted to do more practical effects because he wanted it the film to stand up over time. And instead of using those kinds of visual effects, he actually he used microphotography of chemical reactions on tiny Petri dishes to create those effects. And he said that Basically, he didn't want CGI to, t to take away from the timelessness of a film. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And when you kind of look at it, it kind of has that, like, especially with the tree, it kind of looks a little bit like a Petri dish. Kind of, the, yeah. the tree is surrounded in, like, this kind of air bubble type thing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, yeah, it looks kind of like a Petri dish. So it kind of shows, like, the religious versus the scientific. And the ethereal versus the real mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting i thought that was interesting it looks kind of weird but it also stands out and it does what it needs to do for the film which it worked so in the like modern timeline because izzy is dying she asks tommy to finish her book and when she does she gives him a fountain pen and ink and and equal and that symbology kind of just 
dawned on us. <laughs> a fountain pen. <laughs> yeah. And he does finish the book. It's a struggle for him to finish it. Yeah. Because he's it's just so hard for him to accept the fact that she is dying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's her... The book is her baby, basically, and she's letting him finish it for her, like, her life's work, probably. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it carries so much stress and grief, basically, like, the beginning stages of grief mm-hmm. and sadness, because he doesn't want to. He wants her to finish it. Yep. And it's interesting because I don't know when this movie takes place. It seems like it's sort of modern. But also not, because these days, who writes a book by hand? Yeah. If you're going to write a book, unless you're just journaling, but that's different than writing a book. Mm -hmm. And who uses one of those fountain pens nowadays? Yeah. Because this movie came out in 2006, so. Yeah. Who's using one of those in 2006, even? I mean, even the computers look dated. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're doing calligraphy, but that's different. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then it's like, yeah, it kind of goes back into that, not archaic, but that older form of writing books that way. Yeah. Back when they did, probably in the Spanish Inquisition, Mm -hmm. when that happened. But it also shows, like, how, just how personal it is to her because she took that time to handwrite everything instead of just typing it on a typewriter or on a computer. Yeah. So as he's finishing this book, we kind of come to the realization that the stuff happening in the past is the stuff in the book. And Tommy kind of leaves his, not leaves it, he channels his grief into this last chapter. And what happens, you can understand his pain and how he felt through the symbology of what's going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of um there's a lot of juxtaposition between what's going on in the book and what's going on in his life. Yes. Yeah, and it's really sad, but yeah, it's kind of beautiful mm-hmm. in a way. And one thing I noticed with the Tree of Life, especially in the beginning cuz I was like that looks nasty, <laughs> is the because it's a tree of life, it kind of looks in some ways, like, there's some things that are kind of human about it. Yeah. Like, when he goes to touch it or when he goes to speak to it, there are little hairs on it that stand up. And it looks really gross. Yeah. <laughs> to me, at least, it did. But, yeah, he... The tree, is like, because it's life, it kind of looks like, in some ways, it has human qualities. Yes. Kind of like... Like you said, with the hair sticking up. And there's also a little audio cue of like a, somebody breathing in mm-hmm. as he's going to touch it. Mm-hmm. So let's go into the themes of this. Okay. Because it, obviously with the tree of life, the fountain of youth, immortality, immortality. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. But also like, you know, I said earlier, religious and scientific And Mm -hmm. kind of the mesh of the two in this case. Yes. Where we don't, where we kind of normally 
sometimes see them as like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yep. But here they kind of mesh really well together, but obviously it's a spectrum, so. Yep. And we also see, you know, loss, death, grief, Mm -hmm. what grief does to a person, the concept of death, what happens. I mean, not really like what happens when we die, at least not in this movie, but Mm -hmm. what, what do we want to do? How, how we want our funerals and what what we want to happen to us after we die. Yes. I kind of like our funeral arrangements. Like she wanted to be put in Tommy's boss's farm mm-hmm. and wanted a seed to be planted over her so she could give back to the earth. Yeah. And give new life, basically. Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't be opposed to. <laughs> no, I'd be fine with that. Or being like a tree pod. Because mm-hmm. there's one of those too. But yeah, the whole thing of like when you die, you do give back to the earth normally, if you believe that. Mm-hmm. Because your body, if you're buried, you kind of just, your nutrients at that point mm-hmm. to the worms, to the earth. But obviously, if you're cremated, you're not. <laughs> well, even then, even then, you can, as long as if your ashes are spread somewhere. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Forgot about spreading ashes. <laughs> Because some people just keep the ashes yeah, on, like, a shelf. Or they get it put into, like, I know my cousin has one, like, of her brother's ashes in a necklace. Some they put in rings. Some people use it for, to get put into tattoo ink, which is, I don't know how I feel about that, personally. Metal as fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> But I, yeah, some people turn into jewelry, some people just keep the ashes, some people spread it. Mm-hmm. Some people want their ashes to be spread. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Some don't. Some mm-hmm. might want some of them spread. Or, you know. Yep. Yeah, it's whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But also, like, at the other end of this kind of, you know, death and loss and grief, there's also love because these two people really love each other. Mm-hmm. And when you love someone and they're dying, you just really want to help them. Yep. And it's kind of that whole thing of like helplessness and not knowing what to do if you can't do anything besides, you know, obviously there's emotional support. But if you're one of those people that wants to help and like help alleviate the pain or help get rid of whatever's causing this. Yeah. Like what Tommy wants to do. Mm-hmm. And his whole drive for finding a, a cure for cancer. Yep. So then, would you recommend this movie? Personally, I would. If you're just down to have a movie night. I feel like you'd have to be in a certain in a certain mindset, though. The inebriated kind, or... No, 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 like, emotionally. Yeah, true. Like, if you want to watch a happy movie, probably don't watch this. Yeah, but... I'd still recommend to watch it. Yeah, I think it's just... Though I didn't enjoy it as much as other films or other movies that are similar, mm-hmm. I would still recommend it just because it's so different. Yeah. And I really appreciated the nuance of it and the difference of it. And it wasn't... Yes, it had religious concepts, but it wasn't preachy. Yes. Which I personally really like. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and I don't like when things kind of like because my whole thing with Mother, his other film, was that it was like banging you over the head with the message. Gotcha. And it was like, okay, I get it, I get it. Okay, cool, thanks. And it was like, I mean, it was more so the message and the theme of it than like the religious themes, but it was just kind of, but yeah, it doesn't overbear you with the message which is nice and kind of lets you figure it out for yourself and it doesn't present the message until the end yeah so it's really just like well what is happening right now yeah and it slowly unfolds which i like i like those kinds of movies Mm -hmm. i didn't think the execution was as good as good as it could have been but i still enjoyed it for what it was and Mm -hmm. even though there were some parts that were just like what why (laughs) yeah yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Overall, I guess I'd say it's okay. Okay. But you liked it more than me. So. Yep. Yeah. That's good. That might just be my Catholic upbringing. It, did that play a part in your likings? A little bit, yeah. What about it? Well, just the little nuances. I guess somebody who's brought up like me would notice, but someone like you probably wouldn't. Yeah, because, I mean, we were talking about it. With the Tree of Life, or with at least the Fountain of Youth. I didn't know the Fountain of Youth was from the Tree of Life. But the only thing I really know is, like, Ponce de Leon tried to find it in Florida or something like that. Yeah. I learned that from, like, history class. But I didn't know that... I kind of knew that it was a biblical thing, but I didn't know to what extent. Or, like, kind of... That it was in the Garden of Eden, there's a tree of knowledge and the tree of life. I didn't know that. I knew there was the tree of knowledge, because I know that story. Mm -hmm. Well, because that's the one that gets preached more often. Yeah. The the parts about the tree of life are kind of glossed over in most non-religious settings. Mm Mm-hmm. Secular. That's the word for it. Gotcha. Yeah. Non-religious, secular. Gotcha. So, yeah. I, I would recommend it if you like it, unless... You're just totally opposed to that sort of stuff, or you don't like watching a movie about grief. Yeah. But yeah, I would recommend it. Okay. Well, that'll be it for us this episode. Let's go to the movie generator and see what we'll get next time. Okay. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Interesting. Stars Adam Driver. Hmm. That'll be interesting. I think I i'm not sure i think i've heard of like the book don quixote oh yeah but other than that well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of really random movie reviews please rate this episode wherever you're listening to it go check out our social media accounts that are in the description of this podcast and thank you so much great day